Hi, this is Prophet Terry. Come experience the new you. Thank you for listening to this podcast. Hallelujah. Glory. We welcome the word of the Lord in the house. With open hearts, open hands, open ears. Speak to us, Lord. Hallelujah. Glory, glory. You know, many times when we think about being a prostitute, and that's what our scripture is about this morning, many times we think being a prostitute is when, um, you know, when we, when we love something else. And we love something else more, and we love this, and we love that, and we love the other. And even the aspect of, you know, we love these things more than God. See, the Lord wants you to be blessed. He just don't want you to love it more than Him. That's the whole mystery of life. God wants you to be blessed. But He don't want you to love that more than Him because then that becomes your God. Anything you love more than God is your other God. Which is really no God, right? But in that whole concept of the prostitution, the greatest unfaithfulness of all is turning away from God. Making mistakes, doing something stupid again, is not your greatest unfaithfulness. Your greatest unfaithfulness is turning away from God. Even when you do things that you don't want to do again, but you do them again because our scripture says fallen, fallen, meaning that you have fallen more than once. Fallen, fallen. The first fallen in the book of Revelation is when there was war in heaven and the dragon was hurled to the earth. That's the first fall. This is the second fallen, that Babylon has become a home for demons and and haunts, and she's fallen again. So fallen, fallen, or scripture would say, woe, woe. The second woe is the sixth trumpet. I want to go just a little bit different than we went this morning, in that your greatest unfaithfulness is turning away from God. Okay, you did stupidness again. And then you turn away from God. And you say, well, how did I turn away from God? I'm back in church. But are you talking to God? Are you talking to God? When you do stupidness, that doesn't mean God did stupidness. It means you did stupidness. And your stupidness doesn't make God jump up and get vexed and throw lightning at you. (laughs) Yes. Stupidness has its own payday. 
Stupidness has its own reward. Huh? Your own reward. You know, in the Bible, we would see the word sin a lot. And, and, you know, rightly so, things are sin. But sometimes I just like to call them stupid. Because it's just it's stupidness. Because it brought no success. It brought no prosperity. It's just stupidness. It didn't get me a better life. So it's stupidness. Sin is stupidness. And as much as we would try to preach that sin separates us from God, it may quite well separate you from God, but it doesn't separate God from you. God still loves you. And just because you do stupidness, to turn away from God in unfaithfulness. And when I say unfaithfulness, it's like, well, God don't love me no more. Hello. God loved you the first time you were stupid. What I, want you to, what I want you to understand is this. When you do stupidness and you say, God don't love you no more. Right? Because you did stupidness. You brought stupidness to a whole new level. Well, at least somebody got it. <laughs> She's probably an expert at that. Because <laughs> that's, that's really the thing. Once you realize how stupid the devil is, you can laugh at him, you know. Let me, let me say this again for those of you that didn't laugh. When you do stupidness for the second time, or whatever, and then you do something more stupid than the stupidness you did, you say, God don't love you. And you even say, God's not going to bless me now. Why do you add stupidness to stupidness to stupidness to stupidness, ignorance to ignorance to ignorance to ignorance? Why do you do that? And we even almost imply that in our preaching. Because we, as ministers, we're trying to get you to, to, you know, quit giving in to your flesh all the time. Quit giving in to weakness all the time. Quit giving in to your ignorance all the time, right? <clears throat> Listen, there's two powers. Both of them can't be smart and both of them dumb. God is good. Satan is ignorant. Don't give him no wisdom. Yes, just because you can't understand ignorance doesn't mean it's wisdom. Wow. <laughs> Might mean you're dumb, but just because you can't understand ignorance doesn't mean it's wisdom. Because hmm? sometimes you say, I don't, I don't know what they're saying. I feel dumb. But what if... Okay, you're dumb about their wisdom. What if their wisdom is ignorance? What if there's no, there's no wisdom there whatsoever? And who knows why they're... What's the reason we do some of the things we do? Yes, it's beyond our understanding. At least it made sense at the time, but afterwards, 
anything ever make sense at the time, but afterwards it's like, why did I do that? All right. So let's, let's go back with this thing. So if I have fallen for the second time, you know, and, and then you get the maddening wine of her adulteries, right? Of her unfaithfulness. See, that makes you vex. It makes you angry, right? Whenever you're unfaithful, you feel bad, right? And if anybody's ever been unfaithful to anybody, you feel bad. If you're unfaithful to your diet, you feel bad. If you're unfaithful to your word, you feel bad. If you're unfaithful to what God, what you feel God has told you to do, you feel bad, right? And not only do you feel bad, you vex about it. You vex about it. So that means that with unfaithfulness always comes vexness or hatred. And what you're going to do with all that vexness and hatred? The world will turn it back against God, against, against Christians, against the church. What do you do with all the vexness of your unfaithfulness? And it, the scripture says it's like maddening wine. It's this It's maddening. Your adulteries are making you mad. You're intoxicated. So not only are you intoxicated, sometimes we think you're just intoxicated with the lust for something and obsessed that that's there. But there's madness that goes with it. And ignorance that goes with it. So you've fallen for the second time. And then as, as children of God, we say, God doesn't love us. How much more stupid can you get? You do stupidness. And now you say there's no savior for stupidness. He saves us from our sin. And sin is quite stupid when you really think about it. Why did I do that? Huh? So, but you say there's no savior from stupidness. There's no savior from ignorance. Oh yes there is. Yes, I can testify. Can anybody testify? I want you to get the point of this. Just because you mess up in life, don't mess up again and say, God don't love you. Well, I did it this time. I really cut myself off from God. There ain't no hope for me. Who are you to resurrect that old cross and take Jesus down? Uh, who are you to do that? Who are you to say, there ain't no hope for me now. My life's not going to get no better. I'm not going to get blessed now. Right? I just was to forget about the new car for this year. Maybe next year. I don't know. I don't. This sin is probably two years from now. Who are you to do all of that? And that's the ignorance. God does not operate like you. His brain is not like you. Your brain could be like him if you grasp who he is. But his brain is not like yours. No. If you repent, he's quick. In fact, the repentance is just 
just you saying, Lord, I'm sorry, that's not what I want to do. But when God promises you something, He promises it to you. His blessing is there forever. But our thing is, we allow the anger of unfaithfulness to disconnect us from God. Now, I'm not giving you a license to be stupid. I'm just telling you, God doesn't work that way. He doesn't work that way. My place with God is there. Nobody can't take it away. I could give it away. Yes, I will make mistakes. Yes, you will make mistakes. But that does not hurt the relationship. My father knew of my ignorance before I ever crawled out of the womb. He knew of it. He knew of my ignorance before he ever called me. So why am I going to do something more stupid, more ignorant? Why am I going to do that? Why am I going to just automatically cut myself off when I do something? Hmm? That's like some of you, you would break up with somebody before they break up with you. God doesn't operate like that. He does not operate like you. Your tendency, if somebody does something wrong, you pull away from them. So when you do something wrong, that distance between you and God, let me put it this way, God didn't move. When you do wrong, the distance that you feel between you and God that was your movement and not his movement. So why move? Why move? Why disconnect yourself? If you realize what you have done is wrong, just accept it and repent. Don't make a whole lot of excuses. It don't listen. The world ain't interested in your excuses. If you did it, you did it. There's probably not a sin in the world we can't justify. If nothing else, we just say, well, I don't know what come over me. <laughs> oh, okay, well, you're excused. <laughs> ignorance is not an excuse. Yes? Yes, it's ignorant, but it's not an excuse. It is the cause of it. So, the whole thing is, is learning not to let people separate you from God. Don't be unfaithful. Don't let your unfaithfulness, whether it's real or whether it's not. Now, we talked about the obviousness of when we do wrong. Yes, that word is definitely for us. But let's talk about it when you're just really not sure. Let's talk about Everyday things in our life, and all at once we feel bad. This karma comes, and we don't know if it's us feeling bad. Who is the God of karma anyway? Well, actually, it's the world. The world judges you. The world says it's bad. Yes? Right? The world tells you that 
for example, ladies, if some of you got a short skirt on this morning, who tells you it's wrong? Where in the Bible does it say the length of the dress? Hmm? Man does that, right? Man does that. So, the whole world sets up all these karma laws, and we judge by all these karma laws, and we trip, and we fall, and we suffer punishment, and all kinds of things because of all these karma laws. But the Lord came because He don't like all the karma laws. He came to save you from it. Hmm? Set you free from it. Because it's to the place that you can't move without getting somebody's approval. Either your own approval or somebody else's approval. And the Bible says whatever you think is sin or whatever you do that's not in faith is sin. So there's a whole lot of stuff that you've repented for. You probably didn't even need to repent for it. But you just accused yourself or somebody else accused you and you repented for it. But here's the thing. You can never be successful in life until you rise above karma. You will never be successful. You will never be successful. Because if you could sear your conscience over karma, you'd be wealthy today and probably not in this church. Yes. Because I come to preach good news to the poor. <laughs> That you are really rich. The world just don't want you to know it. The greatest riches of, in the world, the greatest success in the world, is the rise above karma. Karma is what gives you a credit score. Karma is what gives you a personality score. Karma is what gives you a success score. Karma is what says you deserve better. Karma in this world. But the Lord come to do away with that. He come to fulfill all the laws. And it's by grace. Once you rise above all that accusation. And realize can't nobody judge you. And some of you, your worst enemy is yourself. No. The way you judge is the way you are judged. Yes. Remember that now. You know, if, 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 you, if you came into church this morning, you already judged four or five people. Good luck getting out of here without getting judged. <laughs> That's karma. Yes. But that also says you, you'll probably judge yourself. Uh, if you make... Fun of the way somebody else talks, sooner or later, you're going to feel guilty about the way you talk. It's building up. That's, that, that's the way the world operates. Right? The awesomeness of God, you cannot believe. God is not caught up in all those technicalities. Because when you walk by His Spirit, you're holy. When you walk by His Spirit, you do not continue to sin. When you walk by His Spirit, when you walk by His love, you rise above all the nonsense. And see, Paul said this by saying, 
I do not even judge myself because even if my conscience is clear, I don't mean nothing. So I can say I'm clear and I'm feeling good, but the truth is my return is not so good. Just because you say you're innocent, you're not the judge. That's why the Bible says, and that's why Jesus said, nobody is good. Why did he say that? Because you're not the judge. You don't have the right to say who's good and who's not good. You don't have enough knowledge to say that. And the karma law that you have in your head is based upon you and your environment and what little experiences you've had in life. It ain't got nothing to do with the world on the whole. You have to rise above that. You have to rise above the madness of that. Because there's always a voice to accuse you. Yes, that you love something more than God. That you love something more than God. And many times we minister that way. And if we're not careful, even as ministers, we come in to see how guilty we can make people feel. And then tell them to run up here and get saved. I think some people might have been saved already, but it was the preaching that made you repent again. Uh, Anybody ever felt like you lost your salvation? Huh? Anybody ever feel like you lost your salvation? Yes. You unfaithful whore. <laughs> if you were saved, you were saved. You might have done something stupid. That's the unfaithfulness God hates. You mean after all I've done for you, you really think I ain't going to talk to you now? Huh? You really think I'm not going to talk to you now? You do some stupidness and now you think I'm not going to talk to you. Hello. Am I not the same God that remembers all your stupidness? Am I not the same God that saved you again and again? So have you reached the magic number of 70 times 7? You reach, you reach that magic number and now, oh no, this is it. I've had it with you. See, God hates that unfaithfulness. All right, you messed up. Repent. But we're, we're going deeper than that. We're going deeper than just the fact of of, that you messed up. We're going to the fact that people can make you feel like you're doing something wrong all the time. You can't do nothing right. So much so that some churches, people will just say, I'm just a poor old sinner saved by grace. How long have you been following God? And you still have all these sins. Maybe sometimes you have sins because you don't have no faith. Maybe sometimes you have sins because whatever you think. Yes, if I take myself and I compare myself to God, well, (laughs) 
could you tell me which way hell is? I need to go. Uh, <laughs> Does, God doesn't judge like that. Because some people think they're very holy. And they're quick to judge you. You can't do nothing right. Yes? Huh? I finally come to church. You come from the wrong reason. I know you're here just for a man. You need to repent. <laughs> Hello. You told me I need to come to church. I come to church. And now you tell me my motive's not right. Why else would I come to the same building you're in? <laughs> that is not God. And here's the thing. Sin, rebellion, will send you to hell. All right, let's, let's think about this. If sin is going to send me to hell, yeah, so sin is going to send me to hell. So the opposite of sin is to be good. But the preacher says, nobody's good. <laughs> so I'm already hell bound. So if sin is going to send me to hell, So I might as well, considering the fact that I ain't ever going to be good, right? Because nobody's ever going to be like God. And, and considering the fact that, you know, I'm not the best of saints, yeah, I still mess up. I still do things I feel guilty about. If that's the case, I might as well just go to hell one time. Or have my fun here and expect the damnation to follow. Right? Because sitting in church doesn't do no good with that kind of attitude. I must know there's someone that loves me greater than my mess-ups and my screw-ups. Somebody loves me more than that. And somebody, you know, it's like some people, you know, it's like, some people just don't get jokes. Their mind is not programmed for a joke. Or if it is, there's a delayed response, you know. Like two or three days later or something like that. And sometimes our minds are not just programmed for righteousness, you know. Everybody else is telling us we're sinning, but we really can't see it, you know. Uh -huh. We try it, but we can't see it. I, I might as well just accept the doom. Why am I coming to church? Why are you coming to church if you're not rising up of, above all the accusations and all the guiltiness? You've been in church all these years and you still feel guilty? You've been in church all these years and you, you still feel like you're lost? Yes. 
You have not read the gospel. You have not understood it. We all fall short, but God still loves us. And by grace, he's going to receive us. Now, this is the thing. The more I love God, the more I act like God. Yeah. See, some of you act like some of your friends because you hang around your friends too much. Uh, and some of you, you just ain't got no personality. When you're in church, you're you acting like church people. And when you're in the bar, you're acting like the bar people. And when you're at the cricket game, you're acting like cricket people. Uh, you are lost. <laughs> and by the way, that is a description of a prostitute, right? Uh, you're not faithful to nobody. You just You ain't got a faithful bone in your body. But thank God. The Bible said the prostitutes are getting into the kingdom of heaven. <laughs> and the tax collected. Uh, now, I'm not encouraging you to just to keep doing stupidness. I'm encouraging you not to be separated from God. Because if I was sinning when I was close to God, what am I going to do when I get away from him? God didn't move away from you. You moved away from God. You moved away because your armpit smell or your breath. You moved away from God. But if you were struggling to be good when you was with God, and now you move away from God, Oh, now you're going to be strong, right? Now you're going to be holy, right? I believe the closer you get to the fire, the warmer you are. You just need to know that God loves you. And he's not against you. Even all the craziness you have in your head and the thoughts you have in your head and the loneliness in your head and the... Now, all the judgments in your head and all the unfaithfulness that you think you're about. I can't do nothing good. Who told you that? Who told you that? Who told you that? Your greatest unfaithfulness is pulling away from God after you have done wrong. Your greatest unfaithfulness is what anybody thinks about you. You pull away from God. And don't you realize that you can never find yourself? Listen, you, you either got to be Methodist or Presbyterian or Pentecostal or Catholic. Truthfully, I think you could find God in all of them. But if you listen to all the theologies... You're an outcast. <laughs> you don't know who you are. Uh, you, you have to believe in God beyond religion. And you have to let him into your heart. And you know you don't pull away from him. If you realize you did wrong. I realize I, I keep saying that a lot. If you realize that you did wrong, you repent. But I, I, I want to... I want to take it much deeper and I want you to understand that sometimes people are just accusing you. 
You got guilty feelings and you don't even know why. I feel bad. Why you feel bad? Oh no. Ain't only one reason why you feel bad. You think you're a sinner. Only one reason why you feel bad, you think you're unfaithful. Uh, yes. And, and this is the thing I realized. The Bible says fight the good fight. But in that fighting the good fight, I realize there's always these negative voices that, that wants to make me less than who God called me to be. You know, the world's jealous, you know. It's jealous, it's envious. We know that, right? Everybody wants to be on top. Okay, so what makes you think jealousy didn't come into the church? Huh? Yes. I, I, I think um, there's a football game I was watching. I walked up to Arima and watched them fight, play football. And uh, they play up there a lot on the afternoon. So one afternoon, some of us walked up there and we was watching them play football. And so on the blinkers there, we were sitting. Uh, somebody made this mistake and, and some guys, you're so stupid, I can't believe you did that. So why ain't you out there playing? You talking like a real expert, you know. I, I would love to see you get out there and play. Hmm? Especially you and your big roadie belly. I would love to see you get out there. Here, hold this roadie for a minute. I would life is like that the world is critical and judgmental and so we think when we come into God's house hello where did God get all of you people from in the world when you used to criticize everything and judge everything being condemned and condemning and now we come into the church we ain't no different okay so we judge the way they play cricket. Now we judge the way they play God. You got to rise above that. You got to rise above it for yourself. You got to rise above it for other people. You got to rise above it for other people. When I first started in, in, uh, in ministry and, and in the healing and prophetic, you know, sometimes you'd be praying for a person, you know, they got a sickness or what have you, and you'd hear this voice. Don't you know who they are? Uh, and sometimes you'd hear it from other people in the church. Don't you know who they are? And sometimes you'd hear it from them. Meaning one thing. They wicked, don't heal them. I might as well quit praying for people. If I'm waiting for a confirmation that you're a good person before I bless you. Oh. And what I realize is, not only for myself, I have to fight for you. Because sometimes, there's some people, you know, you're sitting close to God. I don't know, maybe you ain't messed up in two days. Yeah. You know, sometimes when you mess up, you know, depending on how much you messed up, 
you know, it depends on how many days you got to stay away from God, you know. Or, and you're thinking, you think God pulled away from you. God didn't pull away, you pulled away. But I realize, now some people, it's easy to minister to them because, you know, at least they feel like they're in a good place with God. It could be their own spirit telling me that. But I just trust God when God says speak. But sometimes when I'm praying for somebody, it's like i got to fight off all the voices that does not want you to be blessed. And some of the voices are not even present. No, they don't deserve it. Grace. I have to fight off voices that says, you're not, you're not good enough. You're not anointed enough. I have to fight off voices. You ain't on fire enough. Okay. <laughs> Let me get on fire. <laughs> Shut up, devil. <laughs> I got fire you don't know about. Uh, some people burn on the outside I burn on the inside but this is this is the point and this is the point I want you to understand to be successful you got to come overcome all the voices because the guilt and the ridicule is going to take everything away from you And those of you that wish to stay married or get married, you've got to overcome all those accusations. Because the two of you will kill each other. And there won't be no fire department. And I'm not talking about God's fire. Uh, you ever realize when you, 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 you kind of you, you have an issue with somebody? And you have a hard time letting it go. You know, you just, okay, I heard. But you can't let it go. Yes? You got to cut a little deeper, rub a little more. Cut a little deeper, rub a little more. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Can't let it go. And when two people get together, and they can't let it go. And there's no 911, there's no emergency, there's nobody to call. <laughs> There's no saints to come around and break you two dogs up. Y'all gonna kill each other. And God is not in none of it. Because the maddening wine of the unfaithfulness. King James says the wrath of the unfaithfulness. It's just destroying you. And it destroys all the plans that God has for you. Because you have not exercised your faith. If I do wrong, yes, I feel to separate myself from God. But I fight the good fight. I am not going to be unfaithful. I am not going to add to my unfaithfulness to do something I feel like God is not pleased with. And I'm not pleased with it. I can't move from myself. But some people actually move away from themselves. No. I'm going to fight the good fight. No, God loves me. And if I did wrong, he forgives me. God loves me. Because I realize a lot of times, 
when I'm feeling like I'm doing wrong and I'm feeling bad, I realize there's somebody else judging me. And sometimes I say, Lord, did I do something wrong? He said, no. And sometimes you have to correct people. And I say, Lord, did I do that right? Did I do, do that wrong? He says, you did what I told you to. And you know what I do? Forget you. I don't th- care what you think about my eternal destination. I know where my eternal destination is. Hmm? Now, I'm speaking all this about myself just to use as an illustration. Just in case you think, you know, some people can do it better and they, and they have a closer relationship with God. Listen, only one way you can have a close relationship with God, and that's to fight for God and to love God more than yourself. And to love God more than the way you feel about yourself. And to love God more than the way people feel about you. And to realize sometimes those bad feelings and, and you're feeling bad, it's just because somebody don't like you. Somebody made you feel bad. Somebody made you feel like you love something more than God. Somebody made you feel like that you just selfish and you all about yourself. You've got to fight and keep yourself in God's love. And when I say fight, I don't mean go running off and chasing devils. You've got to fight the good fight. God, I know you love me. And I'm not telling you to change your mind. I'm telling you to change my mind. I'm telling you. So that I can fly away from all the persecution. I can fly away from all the voices that says I'm not going to make it. And just because something ain't working out, you still love me. And just because things are not working out, and just because it didn't work out again, God, I know you are still for me. I don't know why it didn't work out when you said it was going to work out. I don't know why it didn't work out, but I have a feeling I know it's not you. I know it has to do with me believing what everybody else says I can do and what I believe I can do. And all of that's based upon some stupid karma that the world has placed upon me. But I don't live by that no more. That's what God says. That's what God said. Righteousness is when you care about right and wrong. Holiness is when you don't care about anything but God. Because when you care about right and wrong, you're trying to figure out which is right and which is wrong. And you know you can never fulfill the fullness of the law. You can never be perfect. But when you realize when you love God with all your heart, then he has made you holy. Are you perfect? No, you're not perfect. You're not perfect. And you're going to make some more mistakes. But you're going to make less of those stupid mistakes. And you're going to become a better person. But you can't become a better person. You can't separate yourself from God and say, I'm going to come back next year and become a better person. You know, I, 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 God, 
I'm going to step out of the church right now and I'm going to become a better person. When I become a better person, I'm going to come to you. Some people are stupid enough to think they're going to become a good person before they come to God. Listen, or they think, they think I got to be good before I go to the church. Hello, you will never go to the church. When you accept the fact that you need him and nobody loves you like God. You don't even love yourself like God loves you. You don't love yourself like God loves you. Your eyes have not seen, your mind has not imagined how much God loves you and how much he wants to change your life and how much he wants to get you up out of all the condemnation and the judgment and the poverty and the ridiculousness of this life. God loves you more. You don't love yourself like God loves you. Forget you. Forget you. Now some of you, you get in relationships based upon who loves you the most. Or who can love you the most at the moment. Huh? All right. In this world, nobody loves you like God. You don't love yourself like God loves you. You can't tell me you love yourself. You taking a bubble bath and judging yourself all the time. You don't like your hair. You don't like your feet. You blaming it on everything. But what the real problem is. And the real problem is you feel unworthy on the inside. You feel judged. Huh? All the soap and the makeup and the deodorant and, and the spray is never going to love you like God. The Mercedes, the Lexuses is never going to love you like God. The big mansions is never going to love you like God. See, that's the deception. But that doesn't mean that God's not going to bless you with those things. But those things don't love you. You don't even love you like God loves you. So if God loves me better, why do I keep myself in my own hands? If God loves me better, why? Do I keep myself in my own hands judging myself? Huh? And judging myself. I don't feel like I can make it. Where did you get that stupid thought? Huh? The reason you don't feel like you can make it because all the other people that want the place that you want to be at, they don't want you to have it. But if God says it's yours, can't nobody else take it. See, you want to hold on to God. You want to believe God when the prophecy comes. But you don't want to fight for it. You don't want to let the Spirit come. 
You know, the very moment that I, that I would give you a prophecy as a prophet, the very moment I give you that word, your enemy releases demons to come and to do destruction around that word. But no. That's my word from God. And then you mess up. And those demons are always waiting for that opportunity. See? Because of that, your prophecy ain't coming to pass. Peter, you love fishing more than God. Always accusing you. And if something is accusing you of, of loving that more than God, you need to say, Lord, I love you more. I love you more. I love you more. Don't believe all the lies. You just listen to anything that comes in your head. That's why some people don't know what bathroom to go in. You listen to anything that comes in your head. I'm telling you how to fight to keep yourself in God's love. You have to fight. And as strange as it may be, when you feel yourself separated from God, you have to fight. If you moved away from God, move back. But here's the thing. Maybe you didn't move. You're just sitting there entertaining negativeness. Huh? Listen, if you say, I'm feeling bad and you don't know why you're feeling bad, well, maybe you didn't do nothing bad. Maybe somebody's telling you. That you should feel bad today. It's forces. You, you're not comfortable anywhere. And sometimes that's why people can't come to church. You know, they feel judged. They come to church because they felt judged outside. But when they got to church, they realized, oh, Lord. <laughs> this is worse than outside. Uh, uh, uh. You've got to rise above that. As long as you let your brain sit in neutral. As long as you sway to all those little negative feelings. No matter how much you think you love God, your life is not going to change. No matter how good the prophecy was for you. Yes, you can hold on to it. But those voices will make you turn loose of it because of something you did wrong. Hmm? Or sometimes we're haunted by something we did in the past. Hello, if God wanted you dead for that, you'd none be dead. He don't want you dead. That's why you're still alive. Huh? You need to tell all your enemy, before you tell me that I'm wrong, 
Let him without sin cast the first stone. Now, if you have never done nothing wrong, you talk to me. I'm sure everything will get quiet right then. Huh? No, you, you, you have to fight against that. You can't just give in to it. A little voice comes and says, God's not going to give you that. And you believe it. You believe it. See, that's the greatest unfaithfulness of all. You just believe it. And you give it up right there. There's no worse unfaithfulness. The Bible says the greatest sin of all is blasphemy against the Holy Spirit. The Lord said you could do something. And then this voice comes and says you can't do it. You're not delivered. You're not a good person. You're not going to be blessed. You've got to fight. And when I say fight, I don't mean run off chasing some devil. I mean, you've got to know how to say, no. Nah. I know my God's love. First thing, he's loved me when I was at my worst. And he's been there. Oh, if he, if you only knew what the Lord knew about me. <laughs> if you only knew half of what the Lord knows about me. But he's still with me. And he says, I'll never forsake you. I'll never leave you. But could you have a better life? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. If you begin to believe the gospel. And that if you quit judging yourself and listening to all the voices and all the opinions. And you're not just going to do it with this message this morning. You, you're going to begin to, to receive it inside. You could receive it this morning. But you've got to begin to apply it. Because ah. something can happen and then you start to feel bad about yourself again. And then you pull away from God. God, I can't feel you. Well, you should come close. And sometimes when the scripture says, you know, wash your hands, you sinner. Draw near to God, you double-minded. Come close to God and he'll come close to you. Well, sometimes the, the, uh, the, the simplicity of the, what is being said there is, your greatest sin was not sinning. Your greatest sin was thinking, I don't love you after you sin. But we all do it. We all do it. But we got to quit doing it. Just because we did this all of our life is bad practice. It's bad for your pocketbook. It's bad for your relationship. It's bad for your work. It's bad for your vehicle. It's bad for your dog. It's bad for everything. You just got to quit. You just got to stop. You just got to stop. And the Bible says he'll teach you no to all ungodliness. Teach you how to say no to all ungodliness. The worst ungodliness there is, is thinking that God don't love you after you do stupidness. Because if he don't love you, what hope do you have? He's a friend that sticks closer than a brother. Hmm? 
Listen, start applying it. Apply it to your life right now. Apply it to your life all week and see if it don't work. Just start to apply it. Say, no, I ain't going to be condemned. I'm not going to feel bad. I don't care if I go into work Monday morning and everybody laughs at me because I did something. I ain't going to feel bad. Hell, I ain't going to feel bad. I ain't going to feel bad. I'm not going to judge myself. Yeah? If I don't get the joke, I ain't going to feel bad. I said, you, uh, you should explain yourself better. I ain't going to feel bad. I'm going to give myself the grace to know that I'm saved, even though I'm not perfect. See, sometimes you don't know what to do with that grace. What did I do with that grace? The grace that God gives me, his love, what it gives me, is I know that I'm saved, even though I'm not going to be perfect. But I love him so much that I'm going to start to get better. Uh, but I give myself grace. I did not used to give myself much grace, you know. There was a time I didn't give nobody much grace. Especially not myself. I didn't give myself no grace. Oh no, if I did wrong. Hmm. I didn't even need no devil. I think the devil tried to hire me a time or two. He said, wow, you good at this. I, I like the way you beat up on yourself. Boy, I could really use you in my army, you know. You could really beat up on people. Uh, and of course, I probably did that too, so that's why he wanted to hire me. Some of you are spies for the devil, you know. God sent you here to judge on somebody. God sent you here to condemn somebody. Uh, hello. What you meant for wrong, God meant from good. Because today he wants to save one of those spies, you know. Oh, he wants to save a spy today. There's a spy in the house. You know there's a spy in the house? There's a spy in the house. God wants to save the spy in the house today, you know. There's a spy in the house today. Uh -huh. There's a spy in the house. There's a spy online. But God wants to save you today. Huh? Hello. You didn't come to see me. I called you. God wants to save you today. He wants to change your life. He wants to get you out of all those clothes of condemnation. Because huh? you judge me like you judge yourself. Today, God's going to set you free. Uh, I'm talking to somebody, you know. You can't live up to your own laws. You can't make it through one week being a good person. Hmm? But in God, in His goodness, you can be good all week. I can make mistakes and still be good. Not good in myself, but good in Christ. And I can make mistakes and my prophecies are still right on. I can make mistakes and my blessings still coming. Ah. Easiest thing in the world to do is beat up on yourself. When you feel like you did bad or somebody made you feel bad. Somebody make you feel like you're a terrible mother, terrible wife, terrible something, terrible husband, terrible something. Get away from me. Get away. Jesus came to save and redeem. 
some truth may come to your head that you're guilty about some things. But here's the thing. When you know God, Lord, I'm just sorry. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for redeeming me today. Because you didn't expose me to destroy me. If any truth came to this thing today, and I found out any truth about myself, you didn't bring it up this morning, this afternoon, to kill me. You brought it up to redeem me. The devil brought up my situation to make me look bad. The devil brought up my situation to make me feel bad. Hmm? The devil showed me something hmm? to make me feel condemned. But Lord, whatever truth that comes, you brought it up so you could redeem me. Hmm? And not that God was far from you, but you had pulled away from God. See, when you feel bad or you feel like you mistreated people, you usually pull away from them. Sometimes you might try to make it up to them. You try to be a little extra nice, but it usually don't work. You just find yourself pulling away from them. And even if you're sitting close to them, your heart is far from them. Uh, and the Bible says that, you know, their hearts are far from me. Because they keep doing stupidness and moving away and they say, where is God? But I never left you. Listen, the awesomeness of God. His love. His love. There's not no one in this room he can't love. There's no one in this room he doesn't love. Huh? And there's one in this room he doesn't love. That's a pretty big number. I wonder if you can say that. You know, some Christians feel bad. If I say God loves everybody in this room, then I'm watering down the gospel. You start to beat up on yourself because you believe God loves everybody. God loves everybody. Is the people going to hell? Yeah, but they're going to go there on their own. It's not because God didn't try to save them. He wants you to come close to him. Come close to him. He loves you that much. Yes, loves you that much. Now, I'm sure all of you spent all week praying, reading your Bible more than Facebooking and TikToking. I know you did. I know I couldn't make you feel bad if I said, did you spend more time on your phone or in the Bible? I know I couldn't make you feel bad. Because, uh, you know, whatever you love the most, you know, that's, that's, that's what you spent time with this week, you know. Right? See, if you spent time with your boyfriend more than with God, that means you love your boyfriend more than God. If you spent time with your friend more than God, that means you love your friend more than God. If you spent time with your phone more than God, that means your God is some sort of robot. So I, I know that's none of you. I know all of you spent more time reading the Bible and praying this week. Than... <laughs> I hope most of you understand the language of sarcasm. Um, should you read more? Yes. Most definitely. 
but reading and not wanting to read or reading and been missing your phone <laughs> I, I'd not say you know uh, you, you read you're reading you know you, you you're reading you if it wasn't for the red letters in there you wouldn't even know Jesus was talking you know <laughs> but you're missing your phone oh I miss my phone I, I, I miss my phone and you feel so unfaithful or at least well maybe you didn't I started talking this you so I may just start to feel unfaithful but I did that for a point. This is the point. God already knows it. He already knows it. And he loves you. And sometimes you just need to say, God, I love you more. Because until you believe that, you're never going to get closer. Until you believe that, you're never going to receive more of His Spirit so your life can really change. It's not God that's condemning you. Yes. He loves you. And see, when I said that, and I said that on purpose, and here's the, here's the purpose for it, because I know most all of us are guilty. Yes. Some of us is not even here. <laughs> We're guilty of some aspect of that. But you're not saved by that. You're not saved by reading your Bible more. You're saved by believing what the Bible says. Huh? And if you do need a, a break or a fast from your gadget or something, you say, Lord, just... I need. But what you don't want to do is judge yourself. You want to know that God loves you yes you want to know that God loves you hmm? is there God right there on the phone now he went beep. <laughs> <laughs> that he loves you more than that huh? he loves you more than that see just a simple little thing like that If you was in church, churches, good thing you come to my church this morning. If you was in some churches, oh, they'd make you feel so guilty about that. Huh? You wouldn't even be able to keep your lunch down. <laughs> Is that true? But God knows everything about it. He loves you. Why are you going to pull away from him? And you don't come to church so you can feel further away from God. Well, I thought I was close. I think the theology of some churches is people get close to God during the week and we've got to make sure that we push them back. Anybody hear that? I think the theology sometimes is, you know, people think they're good with God so when they come to church we've got to let them know you ain't good with God. Don't think you're good with God. You ain't good with God. Mm. You need to repent. Yes. You need to pay your tithes and get yourself up here. <laughs> Is that true? And some of you repent. Some of you repent. You ain't even got no gadget. Hmm? 
You, you gotta fight. You gotta know that God loves you. God loves you. He didn't invite you to his house today to make you feel bad. He loves you. Yes? And he's not going to love you less. God didn't just find out that you spent a lot of time on your God. See, God didn't find that out. He'd been around there all week. And he still invited you to his house this morning. That you could come closer to him. Huh? That you could feel his love. You have to rise up above that feeling that makes you feel bad. Because you are not the judge. You are not the judge. You will never get into the kingdom of heaven with your heart. You will only get into the kingdom of heaven with God's heart. He loves me. And I don't care what my heart says. I don't care what your heart says. My God heart loves me. And that's what I'm holding on to. He loves me. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Who who in here does does not who in here does not have a a let's say phone, I guess, or gadget. Somebody in here, you do not have a gadget, right? Don't get your hopes up. I ain't going to give you one. Well, I am, but I'm not. Uh, who, in here, who in here doesn't have a gadget? I mean, yours went through or something, and you need one. Who is that? That's you? All right. Stand up, please. See, if you sit on the back row, you get a gadget. <laughs> mm. So what happened to your gadget? It mashed up. You didn't throw it at nobody. No. Huh? No. No. So we're talking about a phone? Yeah. It, ma it mashed up, right? Mm -hmm. And you need a phone, right? Yeah. You need a phone for business, right? Yeah. Is that right? Yeah. All right. Mm -hmm. See, God knows your, all your needs. Yes. Hmm? So God is going to send you a phone. You believe that? Yes. Uh, and not no cheap phone. <laughs> you believe that? Yes, I do. Amen. Now, see, sometimes, let me, let me, I, just, I like, I love illustrations. I find illustrations speak. What kind of church is this? The prophet giving away a phone. I didn't say I was going to give you a phone. I know you would never let go of your phone. You love your phone too much. <laughs> prophet giving away a phone. Don't you know God loves you? Have you prayed about it? Yeah. And what God say? <laughs> I will get a phone. That's what he said? Yeah, I will get one. Yeah. You heard him say that? Yeah. You heard him say that. Because sometimes you ask God for a phone, you can't hear nothing. <laughs> it's like, what? Ukraine and Russia's fighting and you asking for a phone? 
you selfish little brat. <laughs> God never said that, you know. That's our own guilt talking, you know. Yes? So you believe that, right? Yes, I believe that. So you don't have the money for a phone? Um, you have the money, but you're afraid to spend it. Yeah. You met with God today. <laughs> mm. You met with God today. You buy your phone, the Lord's going to take care of you. Receive? Yeah, receive. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. Sometimes we think money is so dirty, God can't give you money because He can't touch it. <laughs> no. But see, that's an awesome revelation. You know, sometimes we have it. Because when she said she doesn't have a phone, the Lord says she's got the money. <laughs> He's just afraid to spend it. See, God can bless you in so many different ways. Right? Now, don't everybody rush out today and buy a new phone. I might not have been talking to you. You know, pray. Yes, you, you pray. But maybe I was talking to you. Right? But that speaks volumes on many levels. God cares about you. Yes? God cares about you. Go back to her. Go back to her. Do you have a Bible? Or you have a Bible on your phone? I have a Bible. You have a Bible? Yeah. Is it an older Bible? Yeah. So you, you've been wanting a new Bible too, right? Yeah. Is that true? Yeah. See? <laughs> new Bible too. Now, I put the Bible on my phone because I, I like it on there. Yes. It aggravates Samson. <laughs> but you want a paperback? Yeah. Is that true? Yeah. All right, new Bible coming too. Yeah. Okay. Hmm? Hmm. How awesome is God? And you have a concern about somebody going to school? Is that you? Pardon me? You have a concern about school for a child? Yeah. That too? Yeah. Well, God knows all your business. <laughs> Should I talk about your husband? Or just leave that, leave that alone? <laughs> hey, it's all taken care of. You believe that? It's all taken care of. Glory to God. Hallelujah. You may be seated. See, I hear this little voice saying, Why didn't you heal a leg instead of a phone? I mean, I just heard the little voice. He said, why don't you heal a leg instead of a phone? Anybody got a bad leg? Anybody got a bad leg? You got a bad leg? Stand up, please. Which is your bad leg? Left. Your left leg. What's wrong with it? I've stealing it. It's broken. Say that again? I've stealing it. It's broken and it's coming out. You had steel in it. And the steel broken. 
No, the leg is broken. It has steel in it and it's coming out through the knee. The steel is coming out? Yeah. Okay. Can you walk? Yes, I can. You can. But so, so how long has that steel been in there? Since 2013. Since 2013. Yeah. But it's starting to come out. So what's the doctor saying? Well, um, they scheduled to do surgery many times and it keeps going off. And through the COVID now, they literally stop. And they keep putting it off. So maybe the Lord don't want that steel in there no more. Maybe it's already healed. Because if the steel's trying to come out and you're walking on it, do you have a lot of pain? Yeah, I do. You have pain now? It's kind of minimum right now. Come over here where I can see you, please. Is your left leg right? Where's the where's the steel at? It's from here, all the way up to the hips. Okay, what got broken? This part? Yeah, the femur. Oh, all right. And did they ever say they was going to take the steel back out, or they said you're going to have to have that forever? Well, they said I was supposed to have it forever, but the doctors them put me the pins in the knee was too long. Okay. So I went back to take out one. And they end up taking only two. And it caused a problem with the knee. The damage the knee. It has no cartilage in the knee. It's got no cartridge in the knee. Yes. All right. You believe God can fix all this? Yes, I believe. See, you talking a lot of stuff that you don't know about, I don't know about. But God knows exactly how your leg is. Amen. Right? Right? But the doctor said the steel needs to come out. Yes. That's right. Can you feel the steel that it moved? So you can feel that it's not connected anymore. Well, yeah, I do. I do feel it. Uh, all right. If I, um, if I do forward like this. Okay. Hear I hear the popping. Is that the steel or your leg? Well, it's the cartilage here, the leg itself making, start making this song now. The cartridge. All right. Well, sometimes that cartridge, I do know that, sometimes it will build up. And sometimes it's popping and there's not really anything wrong with that. It just, it just built up because you didn't use it that much, right? All right, so you in pain right now? A little bit. I was okay. in pain this morning. I took two tablets. Okay. So you usually take tablets for it? Yes. All right. Listen, when you schedule, go back to the doctor. Right now, it's, well, it's also the case with my lawyers. They're dealing with the hospital, so they said they are only doing emergency cases right now. So they said I'm not an emergency. Okay. Well, we can change that. And you none brought lawyers in on the subject? Pardon? You, you going through lawyers now, right? Yes, I am. For, to get well, the hospital to do something or financial reasons? For the hospital to do something and plus financial. All right. All right, I'm not going to tell you what to do with the lawyers, but are you willing to forgive those doctors? Yes, I forgive them. Period. Yes. Period. <laughs> Is that like you wanted to say and or something, you know? Because I hear the Lord saying that, that, that a lot of this is an ongoing battle, right? That there's a fight. Once you stop fighting, because what God is interested in is you getting completely healed and walking again 
without pain. That's what God is shooting for. He's not shooting for no revenge or anything else. Because some of those doctors might be praying to God. They might be in church this morning just like you. Right? And it might be some prophet talking to them this morning. Say, oh, I don't know. Maybe I messed up or something. I'm, I'm going to get sued or something like that. You know, whatever. You've you got to let all that go so the fight will stop. Right? Yeah. My focus and God's focus is yes. for you to get healed. And you're not going to have no more pain. Yeah. Pain's going to leave you. You don't have to have pain. You don't have to have pain to go and get this steel taken out. Yeah. Because if it took all those pins out, it's just in there, right? Yes. Now we could leave it in there. We could even ask God to make it disappear, which I'm okay with that too. <laughs> or if, if, if the doctors take it out, but you're not going to have no pain till that happens. You don't have to have pain to win your case. Yes. You hear what I'm saying? Yes. You don't have to have pain, right? Right? God's going to do a miracle on your leg, right? There's nothing God can't do. He's going to do a miracle on your leg. Right? Now we'll see where the doctors come in on all this. And whatever the lawyers do, that's what the lawyers do. But your focus is to forgive and just get better. Yes. Nothing else. Forgive and just get better. Yes. Right? Don't let nobody else push you into dragging this thing out. Right? What you want to do is forgive, get better. Yes. And whatever else works out, it works out. You believe that? You in agreement with that? Because you you got too much to do in your life to keep this problem going on. How did you how did you break your leg? I got in an accident. I got bones done. Okay, all right. And uh, walking or? Yeah, walking. He was walking. All right. And how long ago was that? Twenty thirteen. All right. So this thing been going on way too long. You forgive the people that bounced you? Yes, I forgive them. All right. This has been going on too long. This is what? Nine years? Yeah. This is too long. It's too long. You agree it's too long? Yeah, I agree. This is too long. God says this is too long. I want an end of this. Hmm? I want an end to this by July. Amen. You want an end to this by July? Yes. All right. By July, you'll have a complete end to this. That's what I'm hearing. But right now, today, whatever today is. What is today? 20th of March. All your pain is going to be no more. It's just not going to be there. Right? Because you have faith for that. I believe you have faith for that. No more pain. You don't have to have pain to win any case. No more pain. Right? No more pain. And then, yeah, who knows when them doctors look at it again because they're probably going to have to look at it again before you have peace with it. Because mm. yes. God could just make the, the pen fall out on the floor. He could just take it out. Boom. Mm. You might get up one morning and just laying there and you say, what's that? <laughs> mm. There's nothing he can't do. Yes. Right? But no more pain. By July, all of this mess is going to be over with. You receive that? Yes, I receive that. All right, all right. How many children you have? None. You don't have no children? No. How come? Well, always want to, but... Always want to. So you don't, you don't have a husband? It's complicated. It's complicated. 
is complicated. Nothing's complicated to God. Everything is simple to God. So you kind of have one, kind of don't, I guess. Don't feel no how about this. I want to bless you today. Actually, I am with someone, but I'm actually married to as well, but separated for a long time. All right. You're married, married to somebody, separated a long time, and you're with somebody now. And the person I'm with, he's also married, but separated a long time. Oh. So y'all found each other. So has he been separated a, a period of time? Yes. All right. There is forgiveness, you know. I find it interesting in one of the gospels when it talks about a when it talks about adultery and unfaithfulness, it says it's better to cut your leg off, you know, and enter the kingdom of heaven without a leg. I find it was always interesting that that scripture was next to that scripture. We make mistakes, and we must learn to forgive, and we must learn to move on, right? Because I would like an end to all of that. So, has your first husband moved on? I believe so. I've you believe so. Has his wife moved on? I believe so. They separated about almost seven years. Almost seven. Uh-huh. Listen, at some point you got to say, see, it's time to get that stuff legal because it's not legal, right? Yeah, it's it's not time to get that stuff legal and get this stuff legal, right? Because there's a lot of guilt there, right? But I'm removing that guilt today, right? And, and you say you have no children, no children. I keep seeing I keep seeing this little girl. It's a, have a stepson. Stepson, I'm not seeing a girl. I keep seeing this little girl. Stepson. That belongs to the person you're with now? Yeah. Alright. But I keep seeing this little girl. Who is this little girl I keep seeing? She keeps popping up. I thought I saw her over there, but I don't. I realize she ain't over there. I realize it's in the spirit. I was seeing this little girl. So there's no little girl that you. There's a little girl. Little girl. Mm-hmm. About seven years old. And you don't have a you don't have a niece that age. Yeah. Eight on the 20th, 27th of January. She's what? She was eight on the 27th of January. What does she look like? Is she thin? Huh? Is she thin? Thin. 
thin? Yeah, skinny. Yeah, she is. But she was eight in. On January twenty. This year. Yeah, this year. But I I hear saying seven. But I hear her calling you auntie. So back back that would have been back last year. Was was you closer to her? Did you and her talk a lot? Not really. Not really. Who is this little girl? I did hear her calling you auntie. Mm. And there's a closeness with you and that little girl. Mm. Mm. So you're not that you're not that close. And she was eight. So if I'm seeing her at seven, if she tell me she's seven, I would have had to been something last year. But it's like there was some deep conversations between you and her. It's like I see a, I see a lot of love between you and this little girl. I do love her. But it's a lot like there's a lot of love that's there, and it's like it's like y'all told each other your problems. That's not bearing witness. All right, let me just leave that alone. The Lord's going to let you know who that is. But I keep seeing that little girl. I'm not going to force it, but I keep seeing her. Because mm-hmm. I can see her just like I'm seeing you right now, you know. Of course, in Trinidad, sometimes we say, sometimes we say anti, but it don't, we don't really mean by blood, you know. Because mm-hmm. she says, she keeps like she wants me to tell you something. Mm-hmm. And it's like, it's like anti, tell anti that I love her and that, um, mm-hmm. I'm not going to forget what you you did for me. But it's like she knows your problems too. So you don't know what that is. No. All right, let's just leave it right there. All right, I want this other thing cleaned up too. Can I clean that up too? Yes. Huh? Because yes. you kind of feel bad about all that, right? You think God's happy about it? No, he's not. He's not happy about it. All right, that's my point, right? Yeah. All right, listen. Things are what they are, but God is love. And he loves you right now. Even in the middle of this situation, he's going to clean this situation up. Can God clean this situation up? Yes, he can. Yeah, because children are not going to come until you get some of this guilt off of you. Hmm? In fact, you've said you don't want to have children without being married. Well, yeah, that's true. Is that true? Yes. See, see, you're speaking with God today. That's true. Yes. Right? All right. God's going to fix this. 
And is he willing to marry you once he gets divorced? Yes, he's willing. Are y'all working on your divorce? We spoke about it, but we, we haven't made the effort. To All right. I want y'all to make the effort. It's been too long. <laughs> and you're already feeling guilty about it. Listen, that guilt. Sometimes you can override the guilt, but sometimes you need to do something to fix the guilt. Mm-hmm. Right? Because that's the reason you're not getting pregnant. What does the doctor say? Does the doctor tell you why you're not getting pregnant? Um, no, not really. So y'all have tried to have children, right? Well, actually, I have personal issues as well. Personal issues. Why you can't have children? Well, female-wise. Why you can't have children? God's well, got... Per- I, do what? I could have, but unless I see a body situation first. All right. Well, see... You can't keep waiting to have children, right? Some problems don't go away unless you let God get into the business of it, right? Yes. You want a child? Yes, I do. See, I think you'd be a good mother. And according to this little girl, you would be a good mother. I don't know how you know this little girl. Mm. But the Lord's going to reveal it to you, right? Because there's always a witness. Yes. Now, the female problems. Can you tell me what it is? Um, sometimes I, like, female-wise, like, every month. You what? Sometimes, like, with female-wise, every month I miss, and sometimes when it do come, it will, like, three, four months. It goes for three or four months. Mm-hmm. All right. All right. So they say that's why you're not getting pregnant? Well, that's part of the reason why. That's part of the reason. What's the other reason? Other than the reason I said. What's the other reason? What's the other reason? Yes. What's the other reason? Because I wanted to organize myself for this steal in my life first. And get married first before anything. Well, and then that's what I just said. <laughs> yes. That's what I just said, right? Because you, you, you don't want to have a baby till you're married, right? Yes. Let's see, I, listen, God is working on your behalf. Don't just keep waiting for things to fix themselves. You need to apply yourself to some things, right? Yes. 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 You need to tell them doctors, say, take this thing out or tell me it's okay, right? Because yes. I don't think you have the faith for it to fall out on the floor right now. I would love it to fall out on the floor right now, but I don't know. You might just pass out. I don't know what would happen. Uh, but I'm telling you, all the pain's going away, right? Right? Now, I told you, listen, you met with God today. I told you, you know, you want a child. I told you why. Biggest reason, because you want all this stuff fixed. Right? And you want to be married first. But it's been so many years since you, you've been married for so many years with this person. How long have you been with this person? Three years. All right. And he's been there so long. And y'all haven't done anything about it. The chances of y'all doing anything about it in the next ten years are most unlikely. But the Spirit of the Lord is going to move upon you and move upon him to go and do something about it. Because all of this is bringing guilt on you as well. Right? And I'm removing the guilt right now, but you still need to put some things into actions. Right? Quit making this your problem. Right? This, I won't finish by July. No exceptions. Right? No exceptions. And I want this other stuff fixed. When I say that, 
I'm saying it on behalf of God. And when I say fix it, I don't mean on your own. I mean I'm giving you permission to fix it and to go about it. And I'm going to give you the strength to do it. And I'm going to open the doors for it to be done. You believe that? All right. It's done. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let's do one more. Can we do one more? Glory to God. We can do one more. Hallelujah. Mm-hmm. Hallelujah. Like I said a few minutes ago, sometimes you, you can hear all these little voices, things trying to tell you you're not a good person. Some of you preachers, you need to learn that. You hear these little voices telling you you're not a good preacher. Don't ever discredit the message God gives you. You had no other message. Now, if God gave you a message and you preached your own message, all right, repent. But if, if you preach what you had, don't ever repent for that. Right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Who am I looking for? I'm looking for somebody. Who am I looking for? I'm looking for you. Who am I looking for? La da ba kasaye. I'm looking for someone that is April born. I know that I'm going to narrow it down in just a moment. Who's April born? Mm, you April born? All right. All right, I'm going to narrow it down. You're April born. Mm-hmm. April born. Mm-hmm. This is a bit strange. You're April born, but in June you have some type of birthday. You're April born, but in June you have some type of birthday. You're April born. You're April born, but you're celebrating or something in June. Who am I talking to? Where's the April born? And you're celebrating, or you celebrate something in June. You're April born. In June. Where are you at? Mm-hmm. You're April born, but you're celebrating something in June. 
You're April born and you're celebrating something in June. Boy, that narrowed it down. Ain't nobody left. Uh, so, um, Caleb, I'm going to tell you. So, the Queen, right, Queen Elizabeth? You mean I got a word for the Queen? Yeah. Because she is April born, but she celebrates her birthday in June for real. So she's have two birthdays. Huh? <laughs> and how do you know that? Because I just look into them things perfect. <laughs> huh? April born. Yeah. And you celebrate your birthday in June. Yeah. What you got to say? I need a mic up here. Y'all gonna get me in trouble with the queen. My mommy's buddy is April. I'm a daddy buddy. It's in April too. So, in April? I mean June, sorry. Sorry. No, no, no. My mother's birthday is April 2nd. Don't tip from the queen. And my daddy's birthday oh, is so that's June. where you're connecting? Yes. Uh-huh. My daddy's birthday is June 27th. Uh, do they even like each other? <laughs> oh, Lord. <laughs> <laughs> and my daddy's here today too, Prophet. Uh, he is. He's yes. here today. Who's here? Oh, ho. Oh, so where's your mama? Oh, uh-huh. daddy and mama. Uh-huh. Y'all gonna get me in trouble today. Y'all gonna get me in trouble today. They're going to blame you. They ain't going to blame me. Anymore. Everybody else was happy with the queen. All right, so you go get mom and daddy and bring them up here. If daddy wants to come, it's his choice. His choice. If daddy don't want to come, you don't have to. I don't know that I've ever met Daddy. It's his choice. His choice. They're going to kill you. It is nice to meet you. I've heard a lot of things about you. I don't believe half of it, you know. I had, 
I had a mother and father, they fought all their life. They fought all their life. And I would hate to admit it, but I was standing, where was I standing? I was standing about right here one day. I was preaching, but in the middle of preaching, I had a vision in heaven. And I saw a lot of people standing up there. And I saw my mother on, on that side and my father on that side. And I don't know, I, I wasn't preaching anything that would draw that vision. It just come, you know, sometimes visions just come. And I thought, Lord, only you can keep them two from fighting in heaven. Those two people love to fight more than anybody I've ever seen. I'm surprised they even had time for me. <laughs> mm, do you two love each other? Yes, they do. You love. Uh, <laughs> you're gonna get a vote in the church here, you know. Nah, nah listen. You too relax. I ain't gonna say nothing like that, right? Right? I really think the word is for the queen, but I, I, I could go right here. I didn't hear your answer. With the love of God. Did you say that again? <laughs> what? Uh, Hey, blame your daughter. <laughs> oh, gosh. Do you love him? Yes. Yeah. All right. That's a nice Christian answer. <laughs> hey, I believe in being honest, you know. I'm just praying for peace for both of you. Because y'all still live in the same house, right? Yeah. I'm just praying for peace. Just praying for peace. Because when I get to heaven, I don't want to know my mother and father's up there fighting and you two up there fighting. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm just praying for peace. There gotta be, there's got to be something there for y'all to get along or to be together all these years. And I just pray for that peace. That you find that brother and sisterly love and that you have that peace, you know. And I pray, I pray for both of you to get bad memory. That you can't remember the bad things the other one did. <laughs> Can I pray that prayer? All right. Yeah, you just get, you know, it, you know, Alzheimer's ain't that bad, you know. I mean, it, I, you don't have no more enemies, right? You can't remember them, you know. Whatever. Um, but that just goes you know we was young once and we did this and we did this and we did this but now we're older and i just want so much peace for y'all i want you to have that peace right now maybe you can't come back together as as married but come back together as brothers and sisters in heaven there is no marriage no way and i'm just praying for that peace i'm praying for that peace so both of you be healthy and live long and prosperous. What is it? Do you, you, you do any kind of work? What 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 do you do? Um, just try to keep busy. Okay. What do you do to keep busy? Well, um, 
right now doing some construction in a house. So you like doing that? Oh yeah, I enjoy doing that. All right. So I'm going to pray that the Lord send you some jobs like that, right? Because you don't want too much, right? No, no, no. All right. But some jobs that are interesting and that pay good. Hmm? And you don't get these, uh, these clients that give you a hard time and that type of thing, right? That'd be good. Yes. All right. So I'm going to pray that that happens, that joy comes. And I'm going to pray that something's just missing between you two. And that y'all find that love for each other and care for each other. Yes. Because you, ha you have wonderful children. I met this one and I met... Is he there? Where's he at? Bring it, bring it, bring it, bring it. Bring it. Uh-huh. They're going to kill you. you know. They're going to kill you. You good? Yeah. All right. All right. Now, let's see. There's another one, right? Yes. Okay. Two more. Two more. Right. See, y'all are a wonderful family, and I just want you to be blessed. Draw, God's going to draw you close to him, and y'all going to be able to have some family gatherings. When's the last time y'all had a family gathering? Just all of you. Without, without having wrestling matches and those things. You know, just uh, boxing last year, Boxing Day. Boxing Day? Yeah. <laughs> boxing Day! Right! When I first come to Trinidad, in the States, you don't know nothing about no Boxing Day. So I come down here and I hear about Boxing Day. I thought, all right. So, but I found they was making a big deal out of Boxing Day, so I thought they had boxing matches or whatever. You know. Wrong kind of boxing. Y'all going to have some family gathering. Life is too short. Too short. You have children? Yeah, yeah. Ocean is my son. Who's that? Ocean. Okay, okay. All right, all right. That, that, that while you're nice and healthy and happy, I just want to pray a blessing on you. I'm not saying you don't. I'm not saying you fight all the time. I just, me talking. Right? <laughs> this is me talking. Right? But I am praying that y'all become closer and you're just blessed and your family's blessed and, and God just becomes the center of the whole thing and everything changes and everybody forgets everything that happened in the past. We have no more memory of that stuff. Because we all try to move the way that we think is best and it is what it is. But sometimes you need to erase the board and start all over. This is a new start for this family. And for the grandchildren of this family. Yes. And so when grandchildren come and see grandma and grandpa, you know, it, it's a nice experience. And they're not even going to know that if you like each other or not because you're going to like each other. This is going to be wonderful. Can I pray that blessing upon this family? All right. Thank you all so much. Be blessed. And, and, and your children are blessed. Your children are blessed. Mm. Mm. And the word for the queen. 
even the queen. The queen is worried about her life. I guess she's very worried about her life. I heard the queen is worried about her life. And she's worried about dying. Yes. Sometimes we can accuse people of being close to God or not being close to God. And I don't make light of God's word. We can speak to the queen even today. You believe that? Yes. Mm. And my word to the queen today is not to worry. Now, I don't know. That word probably won't ever get to her physically. It will if God wants it to. I don't think none of you know her. But... <coughs> mm. But queen, don't worry about your life. You're in God's hands. And he's heard your prayers. You've been praying a lot of prayers lately. And he's heard your prayers. And you're in his hands. And don't you worry. You're not going nowhere until the chariots arrive. Says the Lord. Hallelujah. Glory. I want you to put into practice this week. I will not condemn myself. I will not judge myself. I will not let anybody judge me. But I will take all things to God to see if there's something I did wrong so I can repent. But I refuse to let myself or anybody else make judgment against me. None of my desires is going to decide if I'm happy or not. I am going to be happy this week. Every day. All day long. Ain't nobody going to take that happiness away. No matter what comes. No matter what rackets may come. No matter what situations may come. I am not going to be moved from my peace. Yes, I'm not going to be moved from my peace. And, and that is especially, and especially for, the, for the brother there. Listen, sometimes there's things that want to aggravate you. Be bigger than the aggravation. Be bigger than the aggravation. God is with you. Be bigger than the aggravation. Because if you let yourself get aggravated, you won't handle those situations right. You won't handle those situations right at work. Just because there's a problem doesn't mean you're not happy. Just because there's a problem doesn't mean God don't love you. God loves you. Stay in his love. And there won't be a problem you can't handle. Stay in his love. Don't let nothing separate you from Christ. Don't let nothing pull you away. If you've done wrong, just repent. That's all God wants. He still loves you. But don't let nobody judge you artificially. Or let somebody just come up and, and judge you and you make you feel bad. And make you feel like you're a bad person. Uh, God loves you too much. Don't, don't make ignorance more ignorant by saying God don't love you. God loves you. And your happiness does not rest on the, um, the uh, approval of man. It rests upon you knowing God. So you're going to have a wonderful week this week. Do you believe that? Yes. 
If you don't want a wonderful week, all right. If you like back an hour, and I don't want to disturb that, if that's what you like, but you're going to have a week with no back an hour. You know what back an hour is? Is when the situation rises and you get goofy. Keep you cool in God. And you'll walk away smiling. Amen. Be blessed.